Welcome to The Cooldown, a Bailiwick Express podcast where we meet the people making the sports headlines. Hello, I'm Nick Mann and this week's episode is a two-parter and it's all about cricket. First up, Guernsey's Women's Player of the Year Claire Jennings and head coach Ben Furbrush join me to talk about this season and how the women's side of the game is developing. And in the second part of our podcast, Ben puts on his hat as pathway manager and explains the thinking behind a new programme for under nines starting next week and how that feeds into the wider game. I begin by asking Claire how it felt to pick up that award. Um, genuinely surprised. Having had obviously had a great time in Austria and performed, I couldn't have asked to perform better if I'm really honest. But I've had a season plagued with injury starting right at the beginning back in May. We went to Taunton, I tore a stomach muscle, couldn't play for a few weeks, which was really frustrating. Then came back and we had a tri-series against the RAF and during that game, those three games at some point, I tore my LCL, which then put me out again, well, for three weeks and then I played the Interventula. <laughs> and then I, was, then I was very good and disciplined and I really rested so that I could actually travel to Austria and be able to be up for selection and then participate in that. So, yeah, I was genuinely surprised. It hadn't been the most active season on my part in terms of being able to perform with the team. However, um, I do know that I committed myself, so I was at every training session, regardless of the fact I couldn't necessarily participate. I did all the fitness work that all the girls did, and Nikki, who's been working on fitness with us, just adapted what I could do so that I could still join in. Um, so yeah, I guess having my commitment recognised is quite a nice feeling. Um, I guess yeah. that's got to be really important when, when you are injured and you're in a team environment to, to stay in that team environment, not just slink off and into your own little world yeah I think absolutely there's so much you can do I mean I've umpired friendly fixtures <laughs> down on the KG5 like when the girls have had a training session I've umpired which actually I've learned some of the more basic rules of cricket that maybe I wasn't quite so sure on um, and there's been other things I did a little bit of team management in Taunton with stopwatch <laughs> which um, yeah I think it was it was just good to be involved in a slightly different way um, I wasn't able to physically take part but I was able to participate in other ways which is what we'd encourage the children in school to do as well. If they can't do PE for whatever reason, we do encourage them to still be part of that session. And that's basically what I did. If I, if I take you right back now, when, when did you start with cricket? Blimey. Um, over 10 years ago, and it was on the back of a poster that I saw advertised in the what was then the Indoor Cricket Centre down at the Hoot de Pommier. Um, and I was playing indoor nets, actually. Netball's always been my sport, and there was a poster up, and a couple of the girls said, oh, anyone fancy giving it a go? And I said, oh, yeah, all right then. And it kind of just has gone from there, really. Um, the girls I originally started going to the cricket sessions with dropped out. I kept going and discovered that actually I could bowl. I can throw and I can catch. Maybe not the strongest batter on the team, but, you know, working on it. Um, yeah, and just fell in love with it, really. I guess it's it's got to be nice sometimes moving transitioning sports because you're learning new skills or there's some transferable skills but you know you're learning new things as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a sport that I'd grown up with or grown up around. So um, grew up around softball, so I did play a bit of softball in my teenage years. Um, but cricket was never something wasn't something I ever really did at school either, primary or secondary. Um, so yeah, to pick it up quite so late in life, if you like has been interesting but really good fun um, and what if you if you were to sum it up maybe a little bit but what is it about cricket that that keeps you driven and keeps you keeps you involved oh um definitely at the moment within our squad is the 
the different characters, personalities, and the sort of the team banter that we have. And it is banter, it is still good natured, everyone's laughing and joking. Um, I think that, I think it's the fact that it's, it is about your own individual performance as much as it is about the team performance. I know I've got a role to play, and if I don't play my role, it makes the role of everyone else slightly more tricky and harder. Um, yeah, I think it's the combination of both. It is a team sport, but it's also quite individual as well. And I think maybe that's what it is. That's what drives me to sort of work harder because I know I've got to do well for the team to do well. And in, in your, the years that you've been involved now, I'm, get, I'm guessing cricket and women's cricket in particular has developed in different ways. So could you take us through how that's happened as well? Um, yeah, so it's actually the, the bulk of the group of girls that we've got at the moment are still the girls that sort of were there when I first started playing. Um, some of them have dropped off, whether they've become injured or they've just taken up other interests. Um, and then there's a lot of girls that have come through now from the younger age groups and there's some girls that have played with us, came to Austria, who have come through sort of the youth development programme as well. So they've played right down early on and then they've they either stayed in the game and then come right the way through to the women's setup, or they've taken a break and then they've come back to the women's setup after um, I think the GCB guys have gone into school and sort of reignited that enjoyment of the game, if you like. Um, so it's it has changed slightly. There's definitely a wide age range, I think it's fair to say, in our squad. I think the youngest is 16 and the oldest is um, in the 60s, should we say. So, you know, there is a vast, a vast range of ages in our in our squad and it is a game that anybody can participate in. Um, we are working on our fitness at the moment because if we're going to go away and play international fixtures, we have to be able to sustain to sustain that for you know over two days, three or four games. That is quite physically tiring on the body. So yeah, it's um, it, it has grown, it's developed, and we're still trying to grow it and develop it now. And, and I guess part some of that has been you mentioned being away in Austria, wasn't yeah. there? How, how was that experience? Um, once we finally got there. It was <laughs> it, it was amazing to get to the airport on the Saturday morning for the red eye and then be told, oh no, you've been kicked off the flight was incredibly frustrating. Um, however, thanks to Ben and Lee and Nikki, who then went away and contacted the travel agents, we did eventually get off the island at nine o'clock that evening. Um, I have to admit, sitting at home, I literally sat at home on the sofa just thinking, I just want to go to Austria. I just want to go and play cricket. Like... This is what we've worked all summer towards. Um, and when we finally got the green light that, yeah, we are going to go, that sense of relief was was pretty amazing. Um, Austria itself, beautiful country. Um, two games of cricket on about four hours sleep. I don't know, it seemed to work. <laughs> it seemed to work. You know, we won both those games. Um, arriving at the ground at about 10 o'clock in the morning, being fed a full Indian meal by the hosts, which the wow. food was just it was amazing it genuinely was um, and then play two games of cricket on that day was just I think we ran on adrenaline but the more we did well the more the adrenaline kept going and we got through to sort of the end of that day with two wins under our belt which was just amazing um, and then again on the Sunday we lost the first game yeah lost the first one lost, won the second one yeah lost the first game and then won the second one um and yeah, the, the loss hit the team, but it didn't completely dampen our spirits, which I think in the past, potentially that loss would have 
pushed us backwards and it, it really didn't we we kept our momentum going and we just got back into the warm-up for the next fixture and then we went back out on that field with something to prove and we we proved it I think you know we we did what we set out to do which was to win that international series I mean it's, it's got to be a great learning experience as well if you're, if you're going through those wins, you're going through those losses, you're coping, like it's that certain sense of resilience, isn't it, as well, when, when the travel's not working, when, yeah. you know. Getting off of this little rock is, is never easy at the best of times, and I think the travel did knock sort of the team slightly. However, I think we all built each other up, and there was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of keeping each other going. Really nice night in a nice hotel at Heathrow <laughs> <laughs> Airport on the GCB, which was brilliant. Yeah, for four hours. Uh, for four hours. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not God. so great. Um, but yeah, I, I think the team spirit that we had and the excitement and the fact that we wanted it so much, it was having the summer working towards something so big was the driving factor, I think, for everybody. And what um, kind of work goes goes on behind the scenes to, throughout the summer to get to that point where you get to the tournament? Um, so we train weekly with Ben and Lee and then Nikki joined us around June time Yeah. after the Interinsula, yeah. I think. So the Interinsula against Jersey, don't really need to talk much about <laughs> that. Um, fitness was a big issue for us. It, as, as a squad, the level of fitness required to sustain three games over two days just wasn't there and there was something that needed to be done. Um, Nikki was brought in by Ben and Lee and worked with us and everyone hears the words fitness and goes oh my god um, but actually it was not just about running it was about mobility it was about being able to get down to the ground to pick up that ball taking away that reliance of using our feet to stop the ball um, so there's been a lot of fitness work gone on and not only the sessions that Nikki's mm -hmm. done but even through the summer months, the um, some of the girls were getting up at six o'clock on a Thursday morning and meeting up to go and run through one of the sessions Nikki had done with us so that they were also doing extra things. A lot of the girls have up to the time that they've done, they've spent on their own fitness as well. So whether that's in the gym or the pool, or they've gone out for a run or joined couch to 5K, everyone's done something to try and improve their own fitness because that was a, a big factor for us. Um, and then we've also had like little team get togethers and socials just to kind of keep that camaraderie going and make everyone feel like they're part of our team because the age, age span's quite great. You need to kind of make sure everyone feels they have a part to play and that they are part of that. So, I mean, I, I guess it's also a bit of a lesson in when you've got um, a target on the horizon, how everyone will, will up their levels to work towards that. Yeah, absolutely. And already um, there's sort of, things in the pipeline for next season so already we're sort of thinking right we need to get everyone to training we need to get everyone committed grow grow the squad as well um make the selection choices harder as much as i don't want to lose my place in the squad we need to make that job slightly harder and make sure we've got the best available for all the fixtures that we've got um yeah i think there's already a couple of things we've got the interinsular in jersey um, but hopefully um, been invited to the Nordic Cup in Denmark next August so hopefully that will that will come off I think the Isle of Man are coming here to play in May in a, a tri-series which are ICC fixtures so again we'll get ranking points hopefully move up the ranking table which was always the aim was to get Guernsey women on the, the world rankings um, so yeah there's, there's things already and I think when you've got that motivation that end point that end goal if you like there's always a lot more motivation. 
that determination becomes much greater than it, it would be with nothing to aim for. So, yeah. And Ben, have you got some thoughts about how, how you've seen the team progress this year as well? Um, yeah, definitely. So uh, two years ago, I was just assisting the team, um, just an extra pair of hands really. And then sort of last year, I took on the role of head coach of the team. Um, so I sort of had some plans in my head that I already knew from the year before. Um, I can tell you now if I'd have gone into the group and said, right, we need to get fitter on day one, there would have been a, uh, a severe kickback, I think. So instead we sort of went the other route and actually, you know, exposed ourselves in games. And actually what really happened was all the girls came back with the, the, the ideas themselves. Um, we had a few more team meetings that, than what we've had in the past. So actually quite a few open discussions. Um, and one thing that, you know, has improved massively is the transparency of actually having some quite difficult conversations. Um, and that's not with just me and players, that's also the players within themselves, which is why we've sort of, I think the sort of uh, curve we've gone on is, is huge. So how much we've changed in sort of 12 months is, is massive. Um, like Claire said, actually having fixtures uh, and a sort of a target that you're working towards uh, is, is massive for us. Um, and the, the way we sort of structure our season is we have some really tough games that we expect are going to be games we're probably going to lose in, some games we're, we're probably going to win, and then some games where it's going to be a real competitive game, um, which is difficult when we're going for ranking points as well. With, with ranking points and ranking positions in the ICC comes funding. Funding's obviously massive for us, um, so we can't ignore that. But at the same time, we also want to look after some players who might not yet be qualified for Guernsey, who might qualify in a year's time. Um, so with that, you have to be living in Guernsey for three years or be a, a local um, Guernsey person um, to, to play in a tip to play in an IC competition. Um, so yeah, we it's quite a juggling act, but the the sort of turning point I think was last year, uh, as Claire said, straight after the Interinsula, we we were pretty low, um, and if, sort of in game one actually we were quite competitive and we got less and less competitive over the weekend, uh, and that was sort of you know we had a, a pretty brutal open conversation at the end of the uh, end of the game in, in a little circle um, and actually yeah the, the sort of points that came out were very much led by the team um, that, that sort of my coaching style is that uh, you know I'm there to facilitate whatever they need um, and likewise last summer they you know we, the training just ramped up massively some people coming in sort of two three times a week to actually train which which we've never had before it's always been a bit of a struggle um, like I said I think the the international carrot that's there now has sort of driven a, a lot of focus within the team. That's great. And um, looking looking at how that might develop in over the years, what what would for both of you, what would the dream look like in five years' time for women's cricket? Um, I think one thing is is that position in, in world cricket. Um, we changed to where we were now. I think we're are we fifty second. I think yeah, it, it changed it, slightly because of some other teams that played. Yeah, so <laughs> some some us. some other teams actually sure. lost around us, so that actually meant we went higher. Yeah. Um, because it's all done on games divided by points. So, uh, yeah, that that's one thing is is trying to climb the IC rankings. Um, I think an achievable thing is if we can get into sort of the top thirty, that would be huge. Um, that's going to be tough, but actually by having a sort of a goal like that it is massive. Um, and for me, the main other thing is actually like Claire said, is player retention. So I don't want to lose anyone out of the, the current squad, but also we need, it's no secret, we need to, to broaden that sort of playing pool. Um, and that sort of starts right the way down with uh, the work that Hannah's been doing with, with girls cricket. Um, so she's been going to schools, etc., um, running her own little camps. 
um, for girls cricket, that's kind of like the starting point. So um, I think a, a long-term aim is, you know, age group squads like we've got in the boys. I, I think the, the, the girls program and the women's program should replicate exactly what the men's and, and the boys program has. Um, and there's no reason why we can't do that with sort of the resources and the, the energy we've been putting into it. I think I just echo what Ben said about working our way up the world rankings and holding a place on that world stage and people wanting to play against us because we can compete, um, not because they think it's going to be an easy ride, but actually they're going to be challenged on what they do. Um, but I think primarily we have to grow that base layer of the pyramid of participation and that is starting with the youngest the youngest girls and then working our way up. So it's getting cricket back out into schools and getting cricket into all of the island schools um, and then taking it from that and keeping the girls interested, getting the girls think, oh, actually, it's, I've got cricket training or I've got dancing, I'm going to go to cricket tonight. And it's about making them make that choice, want to make that choice to be involved in, in the game and be part of something. Um, and I think that's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. Um, but I think that's where we need to go. We need to widen that participation base at the very bottom level and then work our way up from there. And is there, there a role as well in terms of um, role models that people see? So the, the more coverage we see of international women's cricket, for example, or um, top-level club cricket on TV and things like that, how does that feed into it? Do you, do you notice any of that? Definitely, yeah. Um, there's more coverage now of women's cricket than there ever has been. Um, we were away last summer with an under 15 and under 16 boys side and we actually went to one of the games in the 100. The first game was actually a women's game so we went to the first game and then the men's game fo followed that and the boys were shocked as to how good the standard was. Um, I was also a little bit blindsided by it. Um, I don't think the TV does it justice in the slightest um, and I think quite a few of those, the, the women's team would compete massively on, on men's <laughs> scale of things which five years ago I, that wasn't the case. Um, I think people have got this sort of opinion based on five, ten years ago when they watched a bit of cricket, whereas actually if they went and watched a game now, it's completely different. The, the women's game has just gone through the roof. Um, one of our old coaches actually coaches at one of the teams and he was saying the exact same. He was saying if I'd have based it on five years ago, there's just no comparison, um, which is massive for us because you get to see international cricketers playing for England who are doing great stuff um, and then the distance they hit the ball how quick they bowl the ball now is completely different to where it was, um, which is kind of quite nice to see as well for, from our point of view that actually someone starting at 10-11, there's no reason why they can't achieve that in Guernsey uh, and go all the way through, through the pathway as well. Yeah, I think the, um, the power of social media, TV, in terms of selling cricket to girls, I mean, look what the um, Lionesses success has done for girls football around the world, really. Um, I think... Cricket needs that, and I think it is certainly the hundred has gone a long way to enhancing the women's profile in terms of cricket. It, it goes to show you can be any size, any shape, any age. I think were the words that one of the girls on our team used, and it's it's so true. It's not it's not a sport where you have to have spent literally seven days in the gym, you know, have stone abs and things. You you don't have to be like that to perform well in a, a cricket fixture. Um, but I do think the the more Tied, more airtime it gets whether that's on the television whether that's on social media which all our children are engrossed in social media we know that um, the more they can see that the more they can aspire to be part of that in the future well we have done some stuff at under nines before um, based around our future stars program which we run in the summer 
um, and we're now starting to do something about under nines cricket in the winter. What we've sort of found um, over the last sort of year or two is by going to play counterparts in the UK, we're probably slightly behind our development. Um, and with that, we've actually, you know, just the introduction of under nines gives them a bit of ex- exposure to cricket before under 11s. What we're finding is at under 11s, some people have never played cricket until they get into year six. And then all of a sudden they're in secondary schools. It's all hardball cricket. There's not much softball cricket. And it's quite hard to then actually learn the game. So yeah, the under nines has come about and we decided to, to launch a sort of a five-week block before Christmas. Uh, and, and no doubt we'll be doing that after Christmas as well. And what, what kind of thing is on offer? So uh, there's two different sessions. Uh, there's one at Elizabeth College, um, which is on Thursdays. Uh, that is at 4.15 till 5.15. And then there is one at Bow Camp as well on the same evenings um, from 5 till 6. Uh, we decided to go across two venues just because it might be easier for some people to get to one or the other. Uh, the exact same content will be delivered across the two. Um, and it's really, you know, a starting point, getting into cricket uh, and then also trying to move into, you know, the the batting, bowling, fielding aspects of cricket as well, rather than just a, a first sort of glimpse at cricket. Yeah. So if a child turns up, just could you just take me through what, what the few hours they'd, they'd be doing? Yeah. So uh, basically each week we'll have a bit of a theme running. Um, we usually start with batting. It's kind of the fun bit where you get to get to hit a ball quite hard. Um, it will be mostly to start off with tennis balls soft bats um, and actually having a, having a go uh, and then when they're ready to progress we'll go on to hardball stuff with a proper cricket bat um, you know touch on grips stance backlift all that sort of stuff uh, the, the basics of cricket but very much you know let, let the kids get on have a go have a play uh, and very sort of game-based orientated so it's, it's going to be quite fun rather than it being a massive learning thing and I guess enjoyment at, at that age is important as well yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's kind of what we've learned is games are so much more fun than sort of training and trying to hone a skill, if you like. Uh, and actually, at that age, you learn quite a lot from games. Um, it's surprising how much, you know, if you give a child a constraint, they sort of learn on the, on the go as well and work out how to hit the ball in certain areas um, by literally giving them not much more than just the ball and a bat. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. And how, how does this feed through as well into sort of talk about pathways and development as you go up through the sport so yeah so we've again for the first time we're actually split our age groups uh into two sessions per age group um so we've done that uh for this first time this winter um so we we got to under 11s after under nines uh, and we do sort of every two years so every two year groups so year seven and eight go together in under 13s years nine and ten under 15s and then above that it's actually under 19s cricket um so we sort of 17s and 19s go together uh, and they train together, but yeah, we we've sort of led that a little bit, um, so we can actually you know grow the game a little bit. We we realise our numbers probably need to be on the rise slightly more than what they are. They they have risen over the last four years, but we still need to keep developing that. Um, and then for us, coupled with that, is a big fixture program in the summer. So every age group, we're looking to play at least sort of ten games each. Um, whereas in the past, we've actually ended up playing like one or two games. So going back to my point before, by learning from games. It's massively important. Um, and, and that's not just only with the junior programme. That, that bleeds into the, the men's and women's stuff as well. So, yeah, a big fixture programme on, on the sort of cusp next summer. And I guess some of this is about a long-term vision for the game as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's no secret that we used to have lots and lots of cricket divisions um, and they've sort of dwindled off a little bit. Uh, I think we're back up to four now. So we've got four divisions. We used to have eight. Um, our sort of thing is actually 
is keeping people involved in the game. If they want to play for fun, great. If they want to play for Guernsey, great. If they want to play for England, even better. You know, that, So all the way through, if they want to play at every sort of level of cricket, there is something on offer for them. That's brilliant. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. That was the cool down. Thanks again for listening. Please like and subscribe for more. You can find all our sports news on gsy.bailiwickexpress.com and on all our social channels. Sign up to our daily email to keep up to date on all the work the Express team does.